Welcome to Succession Stories. I'm your host, Lori Barkman, founder of Small.Big. As an exit value planning and M&A advisor, I call myself a business transition Sherpa. My mission is guiding entrepreneurs on ways to build value in your business and then benefit by letting it go. On this show, we spotlight the theme of transitions, not only to reward you for your hard work, but also to ensure that you look back on your succession without regret. Catch all the episodes and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to visit SuccessionStories.com to sign up for our newsletter. Here's to your success. Darren Gleeman joined me to discuss why an ESOP management buyout is a great succession plan. His firm, MBO Ventures, has structured over 300 ESOPs. Darren is an ESOP expert, and I'm excited that MBO Ventures and Stony Hill Advisors have an affiliate relationship, and I'm excited to bring him on the show today to help you learn more about ESOPs. What's an ESOP? Congress designed ESOPs to incentivize owners to sell to their employees by giving the owners and the companies a package of substantial, and I mean substantial, tax incentives. Listen in as Darren discusses why you might consider an ESOP over selling to a private equity firm and why an ESOP is a great method to transfer your family-owned business to your children and your employees and how women-owned, veteran-owned, and minority business enterprises can sell to an ESOP and maintain their certification. Grab a pen or get your notepad because you'll probably want to take a few notes. Listening on the go? No worries, I got you. Just jump over to SuccessionStories.com to get the full transcript. Darren Gleeman, welcome to Succession Stories. This is going to be a really interesting episode for people who are interested in learning more about vehicles to have a succession of their company through what's called an ESOP. It sounds scary. It sounds like a 401k thing. It sounds like something we might have heard about, but we're not really sure And I think you are the perfect person to come in and talk about the business side, the big why of why an ESOP management buyout is a great succession plan. So welcome. Thank you, Lori. Absolutely. An ESOP is just another way to sell your company. It's another exit. And it's an exit with the phenomenal tax incentives and tax subsidies. So I believe it's the best way to go. Let's start with you. What's your background? What's your story? My background is... I had a company back in, uh, I started in 2000. I came up with a pattern in the stock market with two of my coworkers. And this was back actually in, uh, I guess, 99 or 2000. We were able to trade this stock pattern, like a real, honest to goodness pattern, not like, oh, the Fibonacci sequence drops to 70%. No, this is actually real, a real pattern. Um, we were able to trade it. We were able to trade five, six stocks at a time. And I had the idea. Uh, what if we can go and trade all 7,000 symbols on the stock exchange at once? And of course, it's a great idea. Uh, went to the boss and was like, great idea, but you know, way too, uh, too risky to be in the marketplace like that. Okay, so we left the firm, uh, went to a much smaller company and presented to them. And they said, yeah, we'll allow you to do it, but we won't allow you, we won't, we won't give you any money, which turned out to be... Uh, blessing in disguise because we had to then use our own money for it, which turned out to be a good idea. And finally, right after 9-11, about November of 2001, we launched our first program, you know, meaning the computer just ran the entire operation. And, you know, after some, maybe like two or three weeks, 
debugged, it worked. It worked extremely well. And what we found from that is we had an enormous amount of additional data, which we never would have been able to get without computerizing. And then from that additional data, we were able to find a huge amount, a lot more patterns. And that began the beginning of the company. And so we grew. And by 2018, we were doing over one half percent of the entire U.S. market every single day, which is wow. a, uh, yeah, it's a significant amount, billions and billions of shares of stock. And it's, uh, it's, it's a tremendous amount of stress. We were able to exit in 2018. And at that point, I was going to go into private equity, but I didn't really see a huge advantage in private equity for me. But I also had known about ESOPs. And that's when I got involved in, in that space. And the reason why is that the ESOPs to me was just such a huge advantage over any other structure. And you're doing really good for the employees of the company because they become employee owners. And for the owners that want to sell to them, it turns out they actually are going to make more money by selling to their employees than by selling to private equity. So it was a, uh, a win-win scenario. And that's how I got involved in it. Went so around the how, country. is that when you started MBO Ventures around 2018? So I started MBO Ventures around 2019. 2018 was more of a, a relaxing time and, you know, still getting Well-deserved. <laughs> yeah. And still getting out of my company. I still was there up until 2019 while I was still looking at different ventures. And I got involved in 2019 with MBO Ventures. And so MBO is my company and we are the independent merchant bank for a company called CSG Partners. CSG Partners is the nation's largest ESOP investment bank. And so I go out there and I try to find opportunities for CSG. And some of the opportunities, it'd be great where I can go out and, and put my own, my, my own money up to do an ESOP. Or in a lot of cases, it's just companies want to do it themselves and we help structure them or CSG structures the ESOP for them. Gotcha. So you're clearly a numbers guy. You've been in this game, if I can call it that, a long time. And you've seen how companies can benefit because of an ESOP, which is why I invited you onto the show. I think from the business side, it's super interesting to learn about how companies are benefiting from this. So if you would, let's just talk about who are some of the largest ESOPs that people might know of. They might be surprised to know who some companies are. The largest ESOP I think is Publix, which is a supermarket down in the southern states. And that is the largest one. It's a phenomenal ESOP. They've been doing it for quite a while. Another pretty large ESOP in the northern states in in the supermarket world is a company called Wawa. So anybody that's been to school in Philadelphia, (laughs) they know Wawa. And that also is a, uh, that's a minority owned ESOP. That's also a great company. So lots of different companies are ESOPs, different industries, and, and we'll talk about more about that. But we see the construction, engineering, architecture. So it's not, it's not an uncommon thing. It's more common than we think. And it's oh, probably it's because of the benefits, right? Yeah, it's extremely common. There's about 7,000 ESOPs. And the biggest problem with ESOPs is awareness. People just don't know what they are. And as you said at the beginning, People think, oh, it's some type of 401k thing. It's not really for me. Once we go in and we explain what it is, you always get, wow, that, that seems too good to be true. And how is it possible that no one ever told me about this? Because it really is such an amazing vehicle to exit. So Joe Biden, the president, 
his economic advisor, his name is Jared Bernstein, did a paper on ESOPs. And he did this uh, back in the, I think it was the fall of 2020. And in the paper, you know, he was finding out, learning all about ESOPs, what it is, you know, why aren't people doing ESOPs more? And he came up with the conclusion. And the conclusion was awareness. That's it. It's awareness. Because who's going to tell you about an ESOP? Well, if you want to sell your company, you go to invest in banking firm. They're not going to tell you about it because they don't know. They just want to go out and sell you to a bunch of private equity firms, right? If you go to an attorney, well, unless the attorney specifically understands it, you know, they are really geared towards you know, the legality of selling your company to a private equity firm, not selling your company to the employees via the ESOP. So it's just a matter of people just don't know what it is. And if you want, I can, I can dig right in and give you some of these. Yeah, things. let's jump in. Okay. So as I said before, it's just a way to sell your company. Let's just go through the numbers. And these are going to be simple numbers. So, you know, your listeners will be able to understand. Let's just take a a simple manufacturing firm and we'll take it from California because I'm dealing with something right there. So let's say the company has a uh, earns about $20 million a year. And the valuation that firm is a hundred million. So 20 million times five equals a hundred million dollars. And that's going to be the valuation for this example. Well, if you go out and sell this company to private equity, Right, you're gonna sell it for hundred million dollars, and then you got to pay your capital gains tax. Right now, forgetting about any brand new laws coming into effect, you're gonna to have to pay in California the capital gains tax is about thirty five percent. So that means you got to pay thirty five million dollars in capital gains tax. So you come home with sixty five million. That's great. You got to pay thirty five million. Well, if you sell your company to your employees via the ESOP, well, there is no capital gains tax. That's deferred. That's again, that's, a, that's an incentive that the government gives you. So you can defer your capital gains. And if you structure correctly, it's deferred forever. So you can really have $100 million. And that's a huge benefit. Number two, where are the employees getting the money, right? Well, all right, well, they're not putting up any money. It's not a dime from the employees. This is a gift to the employees. In ESOP, the way it's structured, we structure it just like a private equity. So with a private equity firm, when they come into the firm, right, so they can say, look, all right, it's $100 million is the purchase price. We, as the private equity firm, will put up $20 million in equity. We will get $60 million in a loan from a bank. That's $80 million. And we're going to have the owner do a $20 million earnout. An earnout means that as long as the company reaches certain milestones in the next year, two years, or three years, then the owner will get that last $20 million piece. And that's how a private equity firm is going to come and buy your company. With an ESOP, very, very similar, except instead of having a third-party buyer come in and lever up your company, we're going to have the company do the same exact thing as the private equity, but the company's going to do it. So you don't need a third party. So what's going to happen here is the company goes out and gets a $60 million loan, just like the private equity, right? And they get a $60 million loan, and then we have the owner of the company take what's called a $40 million a seller note. So that $100 million the $60 million in cash plus the $40 million IOU from the company back to the owner, that's how they get their $100 million. Well, step one is why would a bank or a lender allow that? Because they don't. They want you to put some skin in the game. Well, in the instance of an ESOP, right, the skin in the game is that the government subsidizes that entire debt. Now, how do they subsidize it? They subsidize it by allowing you to deduct, the company can deduct the entire amount of the business. So in this example, the $100 million, 
So the company can take a $100 million deduction in addition to deducting the interest, right? So if anyone's in business and you take a loan, or just any regular person, when you take a loan, you can't deduct the actual principal of the loan, right? That just doesn't exist except with ESOPs, right? And that's a humongous advantage, and the banks know that. And the sell-a-note portion, remember we said $60 million that you're getting in cash, you can get that up front, not paying tax on that, and then that $40 million sell-a-note. Well, in that sell-a-note, right, the sell-a-note should have an interest of about 13 14% because the reason why it's that high is because it's what's called subordinate to this senior loan, that $60 million from, let's say, a JP Morgan or some type of other bank, right? So if you're subordinate, that means you have more risk. So that's why the interest is much higher. But as an owner, you might not want to put 14% interest on the company of that $40 million loan. It's a lot. So we say, okay, great. Instead of doing 14%, how about the company's going to pay you 3% interest? 3%, very doable. Well, you're supposed to get 14. Well, in lieu of that additional 10, 11%, the owner is going to be able to buy back a piece of the company in the future at a predetermined price that's very, very low, almost 10 cents on the dollar. So that means the owner can buy back 30 to 40% of the stock. And those are called warrants is the term that's used. You can buy warrants to buy back 30 to 40% of the company in the future at a predetermined price called the strike price of three to $4 million to buy back 30 to 40% of the company, which is phenomenal. It's a phenomenal benefit for the owner. So in 20 years from now, they could still buy back 50 years from now, they could still buy back 30% of the company, $3 million, which is a huge, huge incentive. The third thing, and I'm going to tie everything in together in a, in a bit, the third portion of the ESOP, which is phenomenally crazy, uh, but again, it's a huge incentive, is that the company will run 100% tax-free if you sell 100% of the company to the employees. So remember, you're still going to be able to buy back a chunk of the company in the future. What we're going to have is the company will be able to run 100% federal and state tax-free as soon as the ESOP is completed, which is a huge benefit. Imagine running with paying no taxes. So now let's just walk through what I just said step-by-step for a second. So day one, remember it's $100 million. Day one, the owner the owner will get $60 million. Okay, That's $60 million they get not paying capital gains tax on. Now remember, in this example, we're selling 100%. We're paying no tax at all. So that means that we're able to pay down this debt twice as fast as anybody else because you're saving 50% on tax. So you get to pay down this debt within three years. At the end of the three years, you can start paying back that $40 million note. Remember, there was a seller note that the owner took back. So now the owner still needs to get another $40 million. So now in years four or five or six, the owner gets paid back that additional $40 million. So by year six, the owner now will have $100 million they got from the company and from the bank. That note is all paid down, and now the company is running completely tax-free. So you have a manufacturing company in California that's running completely tax-free, but what can you do? Well, capital expenditures. I can now start buying more equipment. I can actually start acquiring, if I want, other firms. And, oh, this is cool. When I start acquiring other firms and I bring them into my fold, all of a sudden, I'm not paying any taxes anymore. So the ESOP structure allows us to grow much faster and much greater than if we didn't have the ESOP structure. 
And so that's really the general world of how an ESOP works. And now if you look at it, let's say year in this example, year 13, 14, 15, I should have been able to triple the size of my company, having the ESOP versus not having the ESOP, right? So at that point, if we want, we can now terminate the ESOP, all the employees vest, and at that point, you then sell to a private equity or sell to a strategic or the former owners, whoever has those warrants, can go and buy back that company. So everyone does super well. So what you'll find in these ESOP structures, a lot of times with people, there's always a termination of ESOP. And well, why are they terminating? Yeah, because that's how people really make the money. If you are a business owner, you make a lot of money every year. You can make money paying taxes. But where do you make your huge money? You make your real money on the exit when you can go out and get a nice multiple. And so that's why a lot of these firms, a lot of these ESOPs will terminate. And that's the, a, a very large payday for the uh, employees. And they can so, become millionaires. So they can, yeah, definitely become millionaires. And there's sort of more than two bites at the apple in that sense, because they're really creating a, an amazing wealth opportunity for the stakeholders of, of the business, whether it was family members or whether these are now employee owners. That's huge. This is, these are really, these are real dollars. These are big dollars. Oh, these are these are humongous real dollars. The average retirement plan or retirement savings for like these employees, the average is like a hundred and hundred and fifty, hundred sixty thousand dollars per employee. It really is fairly huge. And there's no comparison in terms of family members. A lot of times you have a business, right? And so you want to get your business to your family member. That's a lot of businesses. They want to, they want their children to run the company. Well, you can't just give your company to the children because it's a huge tax events. So that doesn't work that way. So the structure, forgetting about trust, the way the structure works is, all right, what we're going to do is let's take that same example. It's a $100 million company. We're going to sell to the kids over 10 years. And over 10 years, the kids will pay me, pay us out $10 million a year. And the reason why they got that number is year one, remember this company makes $20 million. Well, they got to pay 50% tax. So it makes $20 million. Then they pay the $10 million in tax. The company has $10 million left over. They take that $10 million and pay it to the parents. The parents have that $10 million. They then pay the capital gains tax. So now the parents are left with $6.5 million. Rinse and repeat for 10 years. That's a traditional method of how you will get your business from you to your children. Okay, very tax inefficient, but that's the way it's done. And the reason why people do that, they don't know about ESOPs. If they did it the way I'm saying now, right, the parents can do the ESOP, get that $100 million completely capital gains tax-free. They're going to get that over about six years. The children will now get the warrants, and the warrants will allow them to get 40% of the company into the future, where they can now build up that company tax-free. Now, when they're ready, they can have that exit much further down the road. And not only do they enhance themselves, which they're going to make a lot more money themselves, but they're going to make their employees rich. And because the employees are getting so much of the company, the employees become much more productive. An employee in an ESOP that understands how the ESOP works has been shown to be 50% more productive. So if your company normally grows at a 5% annual rate, once you, have an, once you put an ESOP on it, it'll grow at 7.5%. I mean, it's really a, it's a phenomenal structure. You know, just think about it. It's your own podcast. You know, when you work on your podcast, you're waking up early, you know, you're, you're taking effort right? Because it's yours. Well, if you were working for someone else, you're not going to act the same. It's not going to be as important. But when you become an owner, it's a huge difference. And that's the way people's mind thinks in, uh, in ESOPs. 
Well, what's really going to be telling in the next few years, Darren, I think is, you know, a lot of these, a lot of industries today are facing a talent war, whether you're in manufacturing, whether you're in a service business, it's really hard to recruit and retain because it's a job market where people are switching. And we talk about that a lot on the show. How do we participate in this in a, in a productive way? It starts with your culture, but there's also incentives let's at play here, right? In terms of how are people compensated? Do they view themselves as owners long-term? And in ESOP, I think what we'll probably see in the data is that the longevity of a tenure at ESOP companies is, long, I would guess, longer than at other non-ESOP companies, just general, Right. And oh, yeah. it's a huge, oh, yeah. it's a huge benefit. So again, in this, in this environment where it's so difficult to recruit and retain, I think that's going to be really, really important. So I love the point about family businesses. A lot of folks who li- listen to the show, you know, are in a family business, might be running it, or they might be thinking about a transition to their family. So this certainly is a great option. Some others that are listening might not be in a, in a family business, but considering benefits of a management bio, and why might they consider what you call Lembo, which is a leverage ESOP management buyout? Why might they consider this as a great succession plan? Yeah, because if you're a management team, and I'm dealing with a company right now that's in exactly this scenario, and there's a 93-year-old owner that owns, I guess, 51% of the company. And his son owns 49%. It's like all these family issues. And I'm talking to the CEO. Well, they're talking to private equity firms. And so when they talk to a private equity firm, what's going to happen is the management team that's there will stay for the transition and then will be let go because you don't need two marketing directors, two CFOs, two CEOs, two COOs. They will be let go. Um, So it's much better to put their fate in their own hands. And so if they created this structure with the ESOP, they can easily do it. Now, the only difference here than the traditional ESOP I just discussed with you is that, remember those that warrant portion? Instead of the warrants going to the owner or the children, those warrants get to go to the manager. The, managers will, the manager team buys those warrants. Now, the warrants have a certain value. Maybe they're too expensive today for them to buy because they're valuable. But what happens is they can pay for those warrants at the exit you know, 10 years down the road. But that's how they actually do it. It's just getting those warrants. So the company maintains the same. The management team now is hugely incented because they could end up getting, let's say you have a, in this example, you have the family. So what will happen if there's 40% warrants, the family will end up with, let's say, 20% of the warrants. And then the management team will get the other 20% in addition to their, to their ESOP uh, stock. So it becomes a huge benefit. And once these managers also become with their warrant holders and ESOP holders, they're going to work much harder because before they were making, you know, let's say their traditional normal salaries. Well, now all of a sudden you start thinking about it and capitalism is working. Wow. They can make 10 to 20 times the amount of money if they just work a little bit harder, shift it around. They're going to be getting there a little bit earlier and staying a little bit late now. So it's much better. Awesome. So some companies might be woman-owned businesses or minority or veteran status, how does that come into play when there's an ESOP transaction? Yeah, so right now, if you're a woman-owned business, what are you going to do? How do you sell it? Well, you can't because, number one, no one wants to buy a minority piece of your company. So let's say, again, let's use that same example. It's a $100 million company, and you want to get some liquidity. Well, you sell it the normal route. Number one, if I, as a private equity, come in and buy your company, 
I lose my status as a woman-owned business. And what does that mean, you lose your status? That means there are a lot of companies that must do business with women-owned businesses or same thing with a minority-owned business. As soon as I buy your company, I lose the status. That's not good because then all of a sudden, that value of your company of $100 million, is it really worth $100 million? So no, as a private equity firm, I'll say, look, yeah, I understand your company's worth $100 million, but once I lose that status, I don't know what it's worth. I'll pay you 60 right? There's going to be a huge haircut on that. And in terms of buying a minority piece of your company, let's say 49% of it, no one wants to buy a minority piece of your company because they don't have no control. That's it's difficult. So they don't want that either. So when you have a women-owned business or minority-owned business or a, um, a veterans-owned business, you kind of, you don't know what to do. Well, with an ESOP, you can do it. It's much easier because with an ESOP, you can sell without a problem a minority share to your employees and you can cash out at that value. So if it's $100 million, you can cash out for $49 million. Okay. And now who's going to be that owner? Well, the employees are going to be the other owner. It's going to be that owner, which is phenomenal, right? And you're actually going to be able to cash out. And when you cash out for that $49 million, oh, you're not paying your capital gains tax, right? Because it has to defer. So it really becomes an awesome thing to do. Now I spoke to now, the, the WBENC is the one that actually certifies women. Right. And the for the minorities, it's a, another group that certifies. I spoke to the person that actually does the certification. And she assured me that, yes, uh, they will do it with, with ESOPs to do 100% ESOP. And the key there is if it's a minority-owned business, we have to make sure that at least 51% of the people that are working in the firm are minorities – and we have to make sure that something called a trustee would be a minority. We have to make sure that um, the CEO of the companies would be a minority. And okay. as long as you fit those three things, you can now sell 100% to the ESOP. So it can be done. You can and that maintain that. Phen- and you maintain it. And it's a phenomenal exit and it works. That's awesome. This has been a a lightning round and you've shared a lot of numbers. I know for me, I learned so much from you, Darren, you just do a fantastic job of articulating the benefits on the business side. But I think also as companies, you know, think about ESOP from a long-term perspective, there's not only the, the tax benefits, but as you were saying earlier, the productivity benefits and the loyalty benefits and the other the other benefits with your team, right? The people side, the culture, it's a great way to maintain your culture moving forward. If you envision your company as a sustainable business, either through family owned or other means. And I think that's also another important part people care about is they do care about the money for sure, but then they also really care about their people. And it's a great thing to explore. Oh yeah. For the people it's this, the statistics, again, just taking some number statistics, which is, it's crazy. So I said before, the median savings rate, right, for ESOP worker is about 160, about 160, 170 grand versus for non-ESOP workers, it's 17 grand. But then when you wow. start dialing it down um, for minority workers, it's, it's kind of insane. So a Latino woman jumps from having no savings, right, to when she's in an ESOP having over $140,000 in savings as part of an ESOP. For an, African, an African-American woman, she goes from no savings to having over 32000 as part of NESOP. And for an African-American man, you know, it vaults from no savings to $180,000 if they're part of NESOP. You know, it really is phenomenal. And in terms of productivity, ESOP employees are they're much more engaged. Um, absenteeism drops. And as I said before, productivity increases uh, tremendously. It, it's, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. If people want to learn more about 
the ESOPs, they can certainly reach out to me and I'll, and I'll connect them to you. As I mentioned in our intro, our firms are doing business together, Stony Hill Advisors and, and MBO Ventures. But if they want to reach out to you directly, Darren, what's a great way to find you? A great way is um, text me at my phone number. You can call me too, but then I'll see unknown. So you can text at 646-734-2035 or call me. That's fine. And great is just to email me. And you can email me. You probably have it the, you know, somewhere in your podcast. It's dgleeman, D-G-L-E-E-M-A-N, at mboventures.com, mbo management buyout, mboventures.com. Awesome. So as I always ask my guests, if they have a favorite quote, Darren, what is yours? Oh, my favorite quote is from Winston Churchill, uh, which, is, which is exactly, it really is a phenomenal quote, which he says, uh, success is not final. Uh, failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts, uh, which anyone that has a business, anybody in life, just in general, that is the quote because nothing lasts forever. Nothing is always great. Nothing is always horrible. It's, gotta, it's persisting through it and just keep moving forward. And that is very true. I mean, everyone on this planet, right? I don't care if you're a, you know, a king or we all go through, we're all humans. We all feel the same way. So it's really just pushing through. And so I really love that comment. And, you know, sometimes I wake up in the morning and it's like, you know, you wake up nervous you know, with a pit in your stomach. Other days you can wake up feeling great. Um, and when you're feeling those days and you have that pit in your stomach, it's like, all right, you know, let's battle it through. So, you know, that quote is actually, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, just in, not, not only in terms of business, but just in terms of, in terms of life. I like it. That is a great quote. That's a great quote. Yeah. The courage yeah. to continue. Darren, thank you so much for joining me today on Succession Stories. And I really appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Thank you. My objective is for you to have a lucrative and successful succession. If you want to understand the value of your company today, the potential net proceeds of a transaction, and your financial needs after you leave the business, that's a great place to start. The sooner you understand these numbers, the more time you'll have to close the gap if there is one. Take the next step by requesting an initial meeting to begin planning for your business transition and strategic exit today. Request a call with me by visiting smalldotbig.com. That's smalldotbig.com. I look forward to speaking with you.